G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. There's a call going out to Christian yachties to sail to hundreds of islands in the South Pacific on short-term mission expeditions. Now, there are 934 islands scattered throughout the Pacific without airports or regular ferry services, roads or bridges. The mission organisation called Youth with a Mission or YWAM has a flotilla that includes Christian yacht owners to serve the isolated through meeting basic needs. Now, some have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ on many of these Pacific islands. YWAM is working to empower Pacific Island communities. There's a call going out for Aussies using sailing vessels for gospel and medical outreaches, recognising that yacht owners bring a high level of international expertise. Two special guests joining us over this next hour. Nick Papamichael is the ambassador or an ambassador for YWAM Ships Kona and Julie McLaughlin, the international YWAM Ships Flotilla Coordinator who's on the line with us today from Hawaii. Uh, To Nick Papamichael, first nick welcome along to you hello uh neil how are you sir and thank you for uh, allowing us to come on air to talk about ywam's vision uh and on establishing the fertilla in the uh, pacific islands nick i'm well and looking forward to hearing your heartbeat on this as an ambassador and julie mclaughlin the international ywam ships flotilla coordinator julie you're in hawaii welcome yeah good day neil it's good to be with you this morning and I know listeners will be able to hear your American accent, but you're actually an Aussie, Julie. That's right. I've spent many years in Australia, and in fact, that's where a lot of my heart for missions was stir- first stirred through YWAM. Wonderful. Let's start with a big picture here, because if you're the international YWAM ship's flotilla coordinator, is this something that's happening on a big scale in different parts of the world, not just these South Pacific islands. What's happening, Julie? Yeah, there's a lot of movement around the nations, Um, even in places like Singapore in the United States, Australia, New Zealand. um, There are yacht owners that are interested where God's kind of moved in their heart and they're saying, hey, I want to serve God out in the Pacific. Okay, so yacht owners. Now, how big a yacht do you need to have uh, to be doing this sort of open ocean sailing to participate in this sort of mission? Uh, Any ideas on the size of the yacht you might need? Yeah, usually we're looking for something that's over 40 feet and then um, that it's fitted out for ocean-going travel. And so we've got a questionnaire and a registration process that takes people kind of through the process of what's needed um, in terms of safety equipment and things like that. Nick, are you a yacht owner? Is this the way you really got involved here because you just love the sea? Uh, No, Neil. Uh, (laughs) When I completed my DTS, a DTS is a discipleship training school, 
I completed it back when I was in my early 20s. Um, and I got into YWAM. Well, I, I became a Christian. I found faith when I was 16. And the Lord um, birthed a seed in me. He planted a seed with me for um, missions. And, that's, and that stirred my heart. Um, but then I got into YWAM um, after I finished my time in the US with the rock band, The Newsboys, and I was touring with them. Um, so after The Newsboys, um, w one of the girls I knew from Last Day Ministries, she encouraged me to um, uh, consider YWAM, and the Lord opened a door. I ended up doing a DTS, and then the Lord was speaking to me about ships because uh, at that time the Anastasis was sailing around the globe. And um, and the Lord was whispering that. So time went on. I uh, life, I did life, and then the opportunity came for me to get involved with um, uh, YWAM ships. I first did a little bit of time um, with the YWAM PNG, which is run out of uh, Townsville. Um, I did uh, outreaches over Papua New Guinea, going to remote villages, providing health care. Uh, now, I'm not a healthcare specialist. I work in um, community engagement, or CE, as we call it in YWAM, and that's just working with the locals, finding out their needs, talking to them, praying for them. Um, uh, whatever skill sets I have, I'm into um, looking at water and fixing rainwater tanks and um, etc. And then from there, um, I ended up teaming up with our team leader, Brett Curtis, and uh, and a, a relationship evolved out of that, uh, which then I uh, was um, granted the position as ambassador for YWAM Kona Ships for Australia. Um, and then we've uh, progressed on from there. Julie, there's a context here because when we're talking YWAM, a lot of people will be familiar with YWAM, Youth with a Mission, and not quite so familiar with the idea that YWAM is as big an organisation as it is and that you've got uh, not only this uh, this flotilla of uh, yachts that are working in mission, but YWAM ships in general and even YWAM hospital ships. Uh, give us an idea, if you can, uh, the sort of context that you're working in because uh, there's a lot of shipping that's working with YWAM. Yeah, that's correct, Neil. Um, YWAM has about 27 vessels worldwide. And so it ranges in size from the YWAM PNG in Papua New Guinea all the way down to um, riverboats in the Amazon who are taking nurses out to um, work with the people that are along the shores there. So there's a great diversity of vessels, size, and function um, throughout the world, but it's all uh, YWAM. So, um, yeah, YWAM, most people might know them from a team that's come to their church and um, done a dance and a, or a drama. And I know that's what I thought before I joined missions. I thought, oh, I'm not sure if I want to join YWAM. It's all dances and dramas. But the neat thing was is that as I began to find out more about what YWAM was, I began to realize um, there's such diversity of ministry. If you can probably imagine it in ministry, it might be happening somewhere in the world already. And so that's one of our strengths as well as um, having lots of young people that get trained um, with our organization. 
And wonderful to reminisce because so many listeners will have seen a YWAM team attend their local church and, as you say, dancers and dramas. But those dancers and dramas are a wonderful way of communicating the gospel cross-culturally. It overcomes the language barriers, the wonderful way that the gospel can be communicated in more than just words. Uh, You no doubt have that sort of experience, Nick. Yes, I do. Very much so. And, and we did that um, in my DTS and uh, as we did our outreach in uh, Malaysia, Sabah. Um, and we still continue that. Well, every DTS uh, has its um, own pro forma, but still that sort of outreach and that sort of media speaks cross-culturally um, because we can um, choreograph how we want to present the gospel and how the gospel can relate to them. Okay, let's talk about some of the issues logistically with the islands in the South Pacific, Julie. You're across the detail here. 934 islands scattered throughout the Pacific and no doubt you want to be able to not only connect people who have the ownership of a yacht, but you also want to provide crew for those yachts as well. So there's lots of places you can fit in here. You don't necessarily have to be the owner of a yacht, although that's where the call is today. Yeah, that's right, Neil. Um, Even in order to get yachts out to those places, there's a lot of different skills that are needed. Um, Even the willingness to go is probably one of those key skills. Um, Because once we get there, there's things like Bible translation, clean water, food sustainability, education, um, all of those things that we um, would like to bring to places that are needing those things. And so um, a lot of different skills, even even skills with um, computers and communication and administration, all of those skills are required. When you, when you think about one boat arriving in an island, there's probably a hundred people that helped contribute to make that happen. Now, Nick, you're in Australia. You might have uh, the insight here, but we might come to Julie. But uh, with border restrictions right now and uh, COVID issues in play, how does Mm. that fit with Australian yacht owners or people who'd like to be crew on those yachts going to the South Pacific? Uh, Is that something that you're seeing as loosening up in the times ahead? What's what's the situation? I think as time goes on and... um vaccines get rolled out because uh, it's going to be the vaccines that are going to uh, open up missions again because at the moment uh, a lot of the uh, um, islands are um, in fear because of lack of education and some of them are closing borders uh, to not allow um, people foreigners to come in so as soon as uh, the vaccines are rolled out more and, and plus our focus is to uh, educate people not to be in fear, but wisdom is needed in these days. Um, we see that as vaccines get rolled out, uh, doors will open and then we'll be able to um, uh, progress forward. Uh, I guess the other point that it, uh, we need to know, people think uh, missions, they, they might be thinking long term. No, the beauty about what YWAM's engineered and established an outreach can go for as little as two weeks so someone can take two weeks off on leave um, jump on one of the ships and end up in a remote village somewhere in the south pacific 
providing um, medical aid or gospel aid and uh, and doing uh, fabulous things that's co- that they'll remember for the rest of their natural lives. Uh, certainly is the case of creating a lifelong memory here. Our two guests, Nick Papamichael, who's an ambassador for YWAM Ships Kona, and Julie McLaughlin is also with us, the international YWAM Ships flotilla coordinator. She's speaking to us today from Hawaii. The YWAM website is ywam.org.au, but I'm wanting to invite listeners to join in our conversation today. Uh, you might have your own thoughts, you might have your own memories, you might have your own story to tell of your time in YWAM and what a difference it makes in people's lives, but you could also respond to today's Facebook question that I'm asking. And the question on our 2020 Facebook post today says, Do you think Christian mission should be seen as work or adventure? You can uh, respond there and uh, you can offer your thoughts. You can engage with other listeners as to their responses around work or adventure. You'll find that at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. We're back to continue some more in just a few moments about reaching out to the 934 islands scattered through the South Pacific. Ben-Hur was a nanomite compared to the gargantuan magnitude of this announcement. Not overselling it just a bit. No way, mate. This is going to be huge. Something new is coming. Stay tuned to Vision. Does that sound huge? Picture yourself in a rustic chalet on Queensland's beautiful Mount Tambourine. You're enjoying a weekend getaway, maybe a small group retreat in a self-contained cabin overlooking the National Park. Ah, nice. Station sponsor Mount Tambourine Conference Centre has two chalets available for maximum six guests each. They're perfect for exploring waterfalls and hiking tracks, the gallery walk, cafes and restaurants, and so close to Brisbane and the Gold Coast. Book your stay at the chalets today. cmtcc.org.au It takes a big family to keep vision on the air across Australia. Individuals, churches and businesses. Like Quick Bulk Haulage, hauling grain, fertiliser and gravel. Quicks Road Brim, Victoria. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Well, a call out to Australian yacht owners and those who might like the sense of adventure of being part of mission activity into the South Pacific when that opportunity presents itself in the coming season. Our two guests this hour, Nick Papamichael is an ambassador for YWAM Ships Kona and Julie McLaughlin is the International YWAM Ships Flotilla Coordinator based in Hawaii. Uh, Let me ask you here, Julie, if we come back to these South Pacific islands, I mentioned there are 934 islands scattered throughout the Pacific and uh, they are very, very isolated places. Uh, the islands that you've identified, no doubt there are some, you know, you've probably got them sorted into those who most need the help and those who don't. Uh, which ones do you think are, uh, you know, which part of the world in those Pacific islands are deserving the, the most attention? Yeah, thanks, Neil. It's been an interesting process to actually identify these islands. Um, there's this part of me that thought like, oh, there'll be, people that will know all those islands. Um, But what we're finding is that um, through a lot of our research, we're actually even on Google zooming down into small islands with huts and finding, um, finding people that we hadn't counted before. So the research has been 
a long process. We've been working on that. And I think the research will continue as we, um, we're including local, uh, local YWAM entities that are in those nations as we um, help prune down our data. But to me, um, the, the most important places are those that are most isolated. And um, they're the ones that I love to go to. And, um, and so I think that, that connecting is a key thing. Um, but also it goes through relationship. Is that as we're talking with the guys that are on the ground and the nations that we're going to, they have a lot of input into selecting the islands that they see as the greatest need. Now, you've got a DTS coming up uh, in, uh, I think it's July. I think I had some notes uh, written down about that in Vanuatu. Uh, So Vanuatu, is that a sort of a central place where you've got a YWAM base and you'll be sending people out on the ships, out on the yachts uh, from that particular base? Is that something that uh, is a central location? Yeah, I've been talking to the YWAM Vanuatu teams that are on the ground there. They've got great missions that are already happening. Um, There's a school that's there. There's medical um, facilities that are there that are all YWAM um, training that's done in YWAM. And so talking to the local guys on the ground, they have a vision for six yachts um, that they would like to be positioned in Vanuatu full-time to be able to take teams out to the isolated islands. So there's already medical people there. There's already people that um, are running schools and helping with early childhood education. And so this would allow them to multiply those ministries out to the outer islands, the people where where those things are not as easily accessible. So um, most weekly we're Zooming together and talking, I call it uh, collaborative, where we bring together the people that are thinking about Vanuatu. And so we've been praying together, we've been dreaming, we've been planning. And um, and sometimes we go, oh, well, if we only pray this week, um, but we really shouldn't look at it that way, should we? It's like, that's the most important thing that we can do is pray together. And clearly there are a lot of Christians who love yachting. And uh, for any of us who live in a waterside suburb or a city around the uh, borders of Australia, wherever there's a marina, you'll know there's an awful lot of yachts. And so therefore, there's an awful lot of uh, potential in all of those things. Uh, Nick, how do you see the potential for uh, the outreach into the South Pacific Islands, given that there must be a lot of Christians who love boating and yachting, uh, just like everybody else does? Oh, that's correct, Neil. And uh, look, I'll, I'll sum it up like this. I had a, uh, a friend that I did an outreach with. He's a dentist uh, and lives in Sydney. And he bought himself a, a two-hole cat, which is a, uh, a yacht, a sailing ship. And um, the Lord started speaking to him about uh, Vanuatu. It just started whispering it into his heart. And then um, I presented the concept, why don't you consider um, tithing uh, your yacht in Christian uh, missions and uh, the light just came out in his mind and as we move forward um, he'll Alan his name's Alan Alan will be uh, able to uh, use his yacht in uh, Vanuatu sail it over there uh, probably leave it there for a short period of time let others sail it and then he'll end up taking it back home uh, to Sydney uh, and the potential, it, it, this is what it's about. It's uh, those who are in Australia, who've got, who uh, are, are Christian focused, who's got a desire 
to see the Great Commission field and they're thinking, how can I be a part of this? And if you've got a ship, then a yacht, then by all means, consider um, one, one of the designations that YWAM has established to go to. You know, I mean, you, you could sail to PNG, to the uh, Marshall Islands, to Vanuatu. Uh, YWAM's established all this. Um, Julie will be able to uh, explain to uh, the listeners more of what YWAM's called Adopt an Island. She'll be able to um, educate them more. So you can pick a designation and go, I want to go there. And then and YWAM will make that, they'll join the dots on making that a reality uh, and give you all the education, give you everything you need uh, to do something fantastic and to pioneer new ways because YWAM's really focused on pioneering the gospel and reaching the unreached as our focus and our vision from um, from Lauren Cunningham's always been to know God, know him intimately and personally and make him known. So that's our focus. Know God, make him known and do it in unique ways. And I love the way, in fact, in all of the YWAM pursuits, there's always this call to and openness to creativity in reaching out with the gospel. And so when you talk about tithing the time that you have with your yacht uh, and uh, the idea of uh, letting others sail your yacht in the mission, if uh, you can't do that, I mean, some people will say that's a bit risky, but does this happen? Let's, uh, let's get an insight or two here. Julie, does this happen? People who have a yacht, uh, they're allowing others, no doubt appropriately qualified, to sail their yacht and use it for a great purpose like this. Is this happening? Yeah, I think what's happening is a real networking of resources in the body of Christ. And so, yeah, we have yacht owners. Um, there's about more than 40 that we're in conversation with right now that have an interest in being involved. And several that have said, yes, we're ready ready to go as soon as the borders open up. And so um, a neat thing that's happening, too, is that um, we also have qualified captains that are saying, hey, I'm a qualified captain, but I don't have a yacht to sail, but I would be willing to work with someone to help them train. Um, Because safety is such an important issue for us or important um, consideration for us that we we even have people that can walk alongside a sailor who – Maybe they don't feel like they have the experience that's required, but um, getting more experienced sailors on board to help them um, grow in their capacity to be able to sail is uh, is a potential that we have. So there's this amazing network that's network that's forming of yachties and sailors and volunteers, and it's about coming together and dreaming what God could do through people. Well, some will be thinking, uh, I've got this yacht. I didn't know it was going to be accompanied with a call from God to use it in mission, in reaching out to South Pacific Islands. Hey, let me ask you and come back to the question I'm asking listeners today and get your thoughts here, Nick. Uh, The question I'm asking listeners, do you think Christian mission should be seen as work or adventure? Uh, How do you respond? What's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear a question like that, Nick? That's a fantastic question because traditionally um, through history, people would give up their lives and go and serve in, in the core of missions, and, and rightly so. But today, as uh, life's moved on, we are now allowing people 
to do short-term missions. So if you want to see it as adventure, by all means, if you want to spend a bit more time in it and, 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 and put more than two weeks, maybe six months, a year, I mean, uh, there's others like Julie that have invested their whole lives uh, in YWAM. Um, myself, um, I still run a couple of companies. I'm a CEO of two companies. And I also volunteer, because we're all volunteers in YWAM, I still volunteer uh, to help fulfill the gospel and share the good news in a very practical way in working with YWAM. So if someone wants to do a, a fabulous adventure, uh, to change people's lives, to fulfill the Great Commission, by all means, you can do a two-week uh, outreach or a four-week outreach. If others want to consider that as a long-term livelihood, by all means, it's all there available for every, because every individual's complex. We've all got different lives, but we're giving the, we're, we're creating the ability for everyone to be involved in some capacity to help fulfill the Great Commission in the seasons and the times that we're in as um, as we say as the age is wrapping up to take the gospel out uh, to the world. Okay, well there's been some responses on our Facebook question today. Louise says, why can't it be both? Remember the question says, do you think Christian mission should be seen as work or adventure. Louise says, why can't it be both with a little bit of God's calling and whatever else thrown into the mix as well? God wants us to be joyful. Ian says, it can be both. Going overseas is an adventure by itself. It may be hard work or it might be easy. God will call you to be a missionary. It's not a job in the sense that you do for pay to pay your mortgage. So uh, some interesting pers perspectives there, and you can respond to that question at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Gary is in Sydney. Hello, Gary. Welcome along. Uh, hello. How are you going? Good, Gary. Yeah, what are your thoughts? I was just, just interested because I um, had something to do years ago with the, the Dulos and Logos. And I'm just wondering if he's a... Associated with them, or whether you've um, taken, didn't know if they're still in, uh, still going, or whether you've taken over something that they used to do. A good question, Gary. Let's put this yeah. one to Julie. You know, connections with other big Christian ships ministries like the Doulos or the Logos. Is there a connection there for YWAM ships? Yeah, um, we love Operation Mobilization and the work that they're doing. Um, there's a long historical connection with Operation Mobilization. Um, yeah, just um, they are still operating. I'm not sure exactly which ship is operating, but um, yeah, we, we, we enjoy good friendship with them and cooperation, in fact. Um, some of our sailors that we have working um, have been involved with that ministry as well. So, um, so I don't think that we're taking any of the things that they're doing, the world is a really big place. And so in order to reach all of the isolated places with the gospel, it's actually going to take a lot of different ships and a lot of different shapes and sizes and a lot of different ministry tools. Well, there's room for a lot more Christian ships. Gary, thank you so much for your input. 1-800-316-316. I think we have Jenny back from Dunkeld in Victoria. Hi, Jenny. 
Oh, hello. Um, I wanted to, first of all, say hello to Julie. Um, she actually has spoken here, I think, about 12 years ago. She stayed with us, Julie, and um, spoke in Hamilton and uh, uh, for the um, PNG ministry. In those days, it was the... Um, it was the Pacific Link, um, and uh, yeah, we were about to start um, the ministry into there, and uh, we I think we raised about ten thousand dollars that night. <laughs> so you're a very effective speaker, Julie. <laughs> you were very um, very articulate, and um, and we just appreciate that. And that ministry has uh, gone on and continued, and uh, now working out of a different ship, and a new base is being established in Port Moresby, and. Very exciting things. I'm Anna Scott's mum, you might remember, Anna. Wow, what a I great do connection. I remember you, Jenny. Uh, Julie, <laughs> once there's a connection there, that connection can go on to bigger and brighter things uh, beyond the initial connection. Uh, what are your thoughts here yeah. for Jenny? Yeah, um, I just so appreciate you, Jenny. Um, yeah, we worked together to accomplish that goal back 12 years ago. Um, that was with the Pacific Link, and um, the Pacific Link has been such a such an interesting vessel within YWAM. It started out in New Zealand and was gifted to Australia, and it began our our service up in Papua New Guinea about 12 years ago, and then um, then it was gifted to YWAM Ships Kona, and we operated it in Papua New Guinea for many years. And now that same vessel is being gifted to YWAM in the Philippines. And um, it's it's held up a little bit right now from COVID and things, but soon it'll be making its way to um, to the Philippines where it'll take medical care to the isolated islands there. But again, Jenny, I just want to say thank you for all your help. And um, I just love you guys. And um, yeah, uh, I'm honored that you would flatter me <laughs> to remember my speaking. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your call, Jenny. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Let's take another call. John is in South Australia. Hello, John. Yeah. How are you? Good, just John. Pull over, mate. I'm just driving. So You're, just give me two seconds. You're on the road. Uh, yes. We'll no, wait just a I'm moment on. here. I'm here now, mate. Just, um, <laughs> Good just stuff. Your phone off. Just had to pull over first, so do the right thing. John, what are your thoughts? Um, oh, I, I go to Uganda a lot, and um, we always try to mix a bit of pleasure with it. So we quite often go on a safari, and uh, I've even been down to see the mountain gorillas at the in the Bewindi Impenetrable Forest, right down the, the corner of Uganda or Rwanda. So, and I've even taken my children over and taken them for a safari. So it's um, if you can do it, it's, it's worth doing it because um, God wants us to enjoy the beautiful places we go to, and. Uh, you get to see a bit more of the culture, you get to see some of the wild animals, so uh, it's well worth doing it. Fabulous insights. Uh, Let's come to Nick. Nick, what are your thoughts for John, who sees uh, the idea of serving in mission? Uh, What happens along the way is, as we talked about a little earlier, that lifelong memory, but what are your thoughts for John? Oh, John, g'day, mate. I'm in Adelaide as well, so that's great. Um, Yes, just to recap, a very brief story, just to... um, touch on what John's saying. A couple of years ago, uh, I did an outreach um, with Brett Curtis and we were, we went to a village called Bunanay, which is uh, uh, in the Millen Bay province. And in that village, um, I was speaking to one of the uh, a- Anglican uh, uh, ministers. 
And I said to him, uh, Uncle, when was the last time you saw white man? Or when was the last time you saw Dim Dim? Dim Dim is white man. And he said, oh, last Dim Dim here was 80 years ago. And this is in Papua New Guinea. 80 years ago when the last white man there. But the adventure for me is that was the first village that the Anglican Missionary Society evangelized and the two missionaries albertine and complantine which established the gospel there that was the birthplace of the christian gospel being established in papua new guinea and the uh, anglican minister took me to this um, open grass field their bodies were still buried um in a pile of rocks and there was this um a rock there that looked like a seat and he said to me uh, Albertine used to sit on this rock and preach the gospel to us. So I couldn't help myself. I sat in the rock and started teach, just presenting the gospel to them. And I went, well, there's not every day you get a chance to follow in someone's footsteps that did something historically. Wow. So that's the beauty about what we do. You can end up at having an, all sorts of an adventure uh, that will leave a lasting memory with you absolutely amazing john in south australia thank you so much for your call let me come to you here julie because what we're hearing is the days of pioneering in christian mission are not over by any means it's an opportunity to participate here i just take you back julie the idea of i imagine you're sort of scouring the islands uh, on a uh, you know the pictorial uh, you know, the the pictures of mapping on islands and the idea of finding islands that have got lots of grass huts on them and identifying that there are people there and actually making that a target to actually visit. I mean, the days of pioneering, not over. And as we mentioned earlier, you know, some people have not even heard the gospel. Is this is this the sort of story you get with feedback from uh, from those yachts that are going to some of these islands? Yeah, I think... In some ways, our modern minds think, um, yeah, the day of pioneering is, is finished. But when we begin to look at these isolated islands, there's over 66 Bibleist languages um, that exist in, just in the Pacific. And so that's, that's minus all of the Bibleist languages that are in Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea itself has um, somewhere around 220 and all of these are without a single scripture in their language. And so often I think about, hey, what's my favorite verse? And, and you guys might think about what your favorite Bible verse is, and it, it makes me feel happy. I think about it, and it brings me joy because it's, I've received encouragement from it. I've gained wisdom from it. And then you think about these languages that have no scripture and so it's impossible for them to have a, a favorite scripture in their mother tongue. But when you're in a place and people hear the gospel in their own language, it's a powerful tool. And so I think that there's still a lot of pioneering left to do um, in the area of taking the gospel to the isolated places. But it's not just about receiving the gospel. I mean, missionaries went out 200 years ago. Um, lots of missionaries from even within the Pacific. It wasn't just... The Europeans going, it was the Pacific Islanders um, taking the gospel to other islands. And so so the gospel's gone out in a lot of ways, but then there's still more. I mean, it's not okay for someone to die from something that's easy to treat or easy to present, um, something as simple as a tetanus shot. Um, and then 
for people to have good nutrition and sustainable food so that their children can grow up healthy and they can learn and they can um, be successful. So I think those are also a part of the gospel that um, Jesus came to bring life and to bring it more abundantly. And so as we, as we go, um, we share God's love in a really practical way as well as um, preaching, preaching the gospel as well. So I think that combination of things is what um, really God intends for us in missions. Well, for some, the preaching of the gospel is going to be a primary motivation, but it goes hand in hand uh, with this idea of bringing medical aid. And this is something that can happen in this 21st century. And as we talk about, you know, scale, you know, uh, looking at Google Earth and uh, identifying where there are populations on very isolated islands, the op- idea of making contact there, medical aid is one of those things that are going to be uh, uh, sadly missing from some of these islands. Let's come back to this idea of adventure. And I mentioned to our listeners, do you think Christian mission should be seen as work or adventure? Julie, I didn't get your response last hour on that, uh, but I had this image in my mind uh, that when you see ads on TV advertising for people to join our Australian Defence Forces, uh, they're never uh, promoted as anything other than getting involved in a big adventure. Do we sometimes look at mission a little bit, perhaps through a, a wrong way, if, uh, if there is an adventure in, involved, an adventure to be had? Is that a, a worthy motivation for someone to pursue Christian mission? What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I love that question, Neil. I think it's, um, it's a fun one to discuss because I, I agree with um, one of the Facebook comments in that missions is a calling. And I think a part of that calling will be both uh, there'll be it'll involve a lot of work. Um, you might sweat, you might be uncomfortable, you might eat something that's not what you usually eat or sleep in a place where you don't usually sleep. And um, but I think that work is very rewarding and um, and that it brings a sense of adventure and a sense of accomplishment, a sense of purpose. And so I laughed when you um, when you read the read that question because um, the, the Lord and I have a little bit of a joke. And um, I, I always say adventure is my love language and that God knows exactly um, exactly what to call me into that brings my heart alive and um, brings fulfillment. And so, so I love that question. And um, I have to admit, adventure is my love language. The more adventure it is, adventurous it is often the more that I am enjoying it. Well, for listeners, uh, you can find that question and you can give your response there. Do you think Christian missions should be seen as work or adventure? You'll find the question at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Nick, let me come back to you here because it's interesting while we've got this call out for yacht owners to be participating in an outreach to these South Pacific islands. Uh, and there's also that opportunity for crew to be aboard the yachts as they do the mission endeavor but nick you mentioned you're actually ceo of a couple of companies is there a role here for people who are business people who are thinking of adopting uh, we talked about the idea of adopting an island uh, but of adopting an opportunity here to be participating in this sort of mission uh, what are your thoughts for people who are in business maybe they don't uh, maybe they've never set foot on a yacht maybe they're not interested in actually going but they could support someone who could what are your thoughts here nick oh definitely definitely and 
companies can uh, donate to uh, YWAM medical ships. Uh, you'll find that it's a, a tax deduction as well. And plus it will promote and put that company in a, uh, a good um, uh, image in the community that you're doing something proactive um, and you can uh, promote it in any capability you want. Um, uh, you can promote it as a Christian uh, missions or if you want to you can promote it as humanitarian aid because YWAM does uh, a lot of humanitarian aid we, we we do dentistry ophthalmology optometry I have seen Papua New Guineans go in blind and come out with 2020 vision there was one lady that after she received eye surgery she walked out and after they took the band-aids off after after pro stop um she started crying and we didn't understand she was crying because it was the first time she saw her five-year-old daughter in her natural life because she her daughter was uh, born when she was blind through cataracts and then they operated on her and she saw vision and she saw her daughter for the first time so we've seen multiple stories like that coming off the ships uh, and not out of the um, uh, healthcare that YWAM uh, provides. So in that big picture where there's medical ships and there's all sorts of missions that are happening with the ships as part of the YWAM initiatives, uh, all sorts of people required for that, uh, medically trained people, for people who are going to go on the Pacific Island outreach, uh, Julie, is there any prerequisite? I mean, because we talk about a discipleship training course, a discipleship training school that people do when they train to become YWAM missionaries here. Do you have to be able to have demonstrated that you've done one of those in the past to get involved? Or is there some way, other ways that people can be crew? Yeah, I think um, not everyone that's going out on the flotilla will have done a discipleship training school. They are, it's great training for missions and great preparation. Um, we're also offering some other preparation and training that will help our volunteers. Um, we kind of consider these isolated islands pretty precious. And so when we first started talking about this concept of um, yacht owners and volunteers going out to the islands, we wanted to make sure, like, well, how can we, in effect, make sure that we approach in the right attitude? And so we've spent a lot of time really developing some training that, that says, like, you know, when we go out to the, to the islands, it's not about bringing our own ideas and um, just what we think that they need, but it's important that we approach these isolated islands in very um, humble and to go as a learner, to go as friends. And um, it's very important to approach the islands in, in an appropriate way. Okay, so it is a coordinated process here and uh, to be a part of one of these wonderful outreaches to the South Pacific Islands, uh, there'll be some prerequisites and no doubt there'll be some detail when people get in touch with you uh, to find out some more detail about being a part of this flotilla. Uh, so I've got a couple, of, a couple of websites here and uh, I might need to get your guidance here, Julie, as to the one where people will be able to get more detail and sign up because there's uh, ywamshipskona.org forward slash flotilla and then there's the, the usual ywam.org.au website. Where's the best place for listeners who'd love to participate? Where's the best place to get that detail? 
yeah, if you're really feeling like this yacht approach is something that applies to you, the YWAM Chips Kona Flotilla one is the best one. But I think God might be stirring in your heart for um, a short-term mission trip, and so the .org.au will take you to um, take you to the YWAM PNG and the possibilities of volunteering on our bigger vessels. So both both could be options for people depending on which they are most interested in and what they feel about leading them. Okay, ywam.org.au. That's the main website for Youth with a Mission, and you'll be able to find out detail about not only the outreach to the South Pacific, but also YWAM ships and uh, YWAM medical uh, ministry too on those ships up into Papua New Guinea. ywam.org.au and then YWAM Ships Kona. And uh, let me just ask you, I mean, we've uh, left this to late in the conversation. What does the Kona stand for, Nick? K-O-N-A. Oh, that's a Julie question. It's a Julie <laughs> question. Julie, what's Kona? Kona is the, the city with which um, we have a team that's working on this project. Okay. And so it's Kona, Hawaii. A Kona, Hawaii. And are you in Kona, Hawaii right now, Julie? I am. The birds are chirping. It's a beautiful day in paradise. A beautiful day in paradise and a beautiful opportunity for people who want to be involved in that idea of adventure uh, being involved in Christian mission. As we were asking on our Facebook question today, do you think Christian mission should be seen as a work or an adventure? And you can respond to that question uh, through the rest of today on facebook.com forward slash vision radio. To Nick Papa Michael, who is an ambassador for YWAM Ships Kona uh, in Hawaii, and Julie McLaughlin, who is the International YWAM Ships Flotilla Coordinator, who is based in Hawaii, and that website ywam.org.au. To you, Nick, and to Julie, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.